Welcome to Finding the Faith with me, your host, Frida Donnelly, where we explore what matters. Whether it's traversing someone's faith journey, diving deeper into doctrine, or simply enjoying Christian fellowship, I aim to focus on the good and the beautiful to provide you with some respite from the world. If you'd like to join us live, check out Finding the Faith on Rumble every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. All the links are in the show notes down below. Please remember to rate and subscribe, and I'll see you on the other side. Hello, friends, and welcome to Finding the Faith. Thank you so much for being here. I'm joined by my Galentine, Jess. I asked her twice because I was so excited and have such a bad memory. So tonight we are going to be answering your questions. We're going to be talking about marrying only in the Lord, what love looks like, and different questions from all different aspects of relationships. So whether you're single or you've been married for several years or whatever your relationship looks like, you are welcome to be here. And I want to just say before we get started that I am so truly honored that you felt you know, that trust in me to submit all of your really amazing questions and all of you are so, so loved. So really good questions. They were. (laughs) Before we get started, I was thinking that I could read 1 Corinthians 13 because that is the chapter commonly known as the love chapter. And I figured it would set the tone for this evening. Love it. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And and if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. Is not arrogant or rude, it does not insist on its own way, it is not irritable or resentful, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. But we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Amen. I love that chapter. It's a good chapter. It's also a very short chapter. It didn't feel short necessarily in that moment reading it. <laughs> right. It never does when you're actually reading it out loud. But and I think it has to be short because it's so dense and distilling so much important information because it's setting up the virtue that is above all other virtues. And that is love. And I like that it's not being restricted to just romantic sort of love. I know on Valentine's Day we're focusing primarily on romantic love, but love comes in many forms. There's, of course, the love between uh, parent and child, love between friends, love between siblings. Like there's so many different variations of love 
that are truly platonic that it's nice to see how it can be condensed in such a short but powerful way. Absolutely. I love the way you put that. And there's so much love that even, you know, sometimes Valentine's Day, especially when you're single or not exactly where you want to be in your relationship, it can feel Mm. a bit heartrending. Yeah. But I want you all to take heart and know that there's so much love to go around. And if you're watching this, there's a high likelihood. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. I love you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're loved by the people here, if nothing else. Exactly. And most importantly, you're loved by the God who created you. And no yeah. one can ever take that away. Exactly. And so I want to say a quick hello to Brendan and Hannah and Whiskey and Honey. It's good to see you, all of you. Aw, we got a couple love yous in chat. Aw. We love, love you guys. You guys. So now that we have gotten um, kind of set the tone for this with First Corinthians, because at the end of the day, Tuesday, 7 p.m., we explore what matters here on Finding the Faith. Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, really important because a lot of the things they can feel like when it comes to truly moving forward in any type of relationship, Having God as the cornerstone of it is so important. And so now let's talk about your questions, because I know sometimes there's like the social things that they look very different back then, you know, when the Bible was written, even though there's a certain kind of invisible string that ties all things together. Mm -hmm. There's nothing new under the sun, but... I don't think Boaz necessarily had to worry so much about what to say in a DM to Ruth. (laughs) (laughs) But there are things that are true. Like he did have to wonder what to say to her. Exactly. Um, Maybe not digitally, (laughs) but the fact that some people struggle to communicate with the opposite sex, of course, is not anything new under the sun. The fact that girls still struggle to pick the right guy and they're like sometimes I'm just dating him because he seems so cool except he was totally wrong for me why did I do that (laughs) yeah or not new exactly or putting yourself in precarious situations because of the messages that you're being fed by society like with Dinah for example (laughs) (laughs) or you know uh killing the guy who's with the woman you want to be with like David did man after God's own heart you know not his best look maybe not the best dating strategy that would recommend you employ yeah ideally there wouldn't be any murder but you know things happen no I'm just kidding I'm just kidding (laughs) love not 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 war yes oh so one of the first things, I think the big, very media-driven um, love story that we've been seeing, especially mm-hmm. with Super Bowl weekend, is relates to this question. Um, what do you think about Swift and Kelsey's relationship? Talking about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I like how we went from 1 Corinthians 13, very biblically based. Now let's gossip about what's going on. No, okay. <laughs> I, I love this question because it's like, on the one hand, we need 
a female role model who is in a serious committed relationship showing young girls how important that is how to pick a guy who's going to be there for you everybody was really hoping that he proposed to her on the football field that didn't happen and everybody was so disappointed especially um, considering the fact that her nails were i think that it was opi's ballerina pink which is like the number one color that girls paint their nails when they're getting right engaged. like I, your, I your girl gets do, her but... nails done she's telling you what to do man <laughs> but on the flip side I, I think it was also probably good he didn't propose to her because we've also seen the meme going around of Kelsey yelling at his very elderly coach. And I don't know about you, that's a major yeah. red flag. I get that it's football and I get that it's locker room talk and it's probably loud. But the look of yelling at an old man, like. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's really not. And I think the fact, like, what happened was wildly inappropriate. Yeah. Granted, if you've if you're a fan of multiple sports, like you've seen just because of the fact that you've seen something worse in like hockey, for example. Right. Where like people actually unfortunately literally die because it's such a violent sport sometimes. Um doesn't mean that getting into a geriatric man's face is necessarily appropriate, especially when they're your boss. And so I do think that she definitely has to be very careful but I also from all of the things I've seen I think it's like one of those like I'm a casual enjoyer not a swifty yeah same. like I've listened to her music since 2006 when she released her very first album I saw her as an opening act to Rascal Flatts which was like super super cool that is really cool um it was me in my childhood best friend's first concert but We've seen, like, her highs and lows with dating. We've seen her date some not great guys. And from what we've seen, like, he definitely seems to be a better fit overall for her. And someone who, unlike her ex, Joe Alwyn, feels very comfortably loving her out loud. But it's also exhibiting some major red flags. Yeah. Whiskey Biz said in the chat, that's not the first time he's blown a gasket on the field. That is concerning because if yeah. it's like a moment of extremely high stretch you know, stress, I mean the whole, literally the whole world is watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I I could see you having a bad moment then because of just the sheer stress you're under. But if that's not the first time we've seen that, that's yeah. a pattern of aggression and anger. And you got to wonder, too, because a lot of those guys are on tea and all kinds of other drugs. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, you know, all sorts of sports minerals, sports minerals. Yum. (laughs) It's just liquid IV, guys. It's Um, fine. I'm definitely not bulking up and it's ruining my hormones and other parts of my body. But definitely some stuff to watch out there for hopefully it levels out but i also do like though the fact that a lot of girls have been watching sports with their dads which has been really really okay yes thank you i know some of the sports bros are like super annoyed of the swifties coming around and watching football but girls are watching football with their dads they're asking (laughs) questions they're like what is a rush what who does what does the tight end do like 
they're actually asking questions and spending time with their fathers yeah. in the sport that is very special to them. And that is creating some special moments that wouldn't yeah. have happened otherwise. So Absolutely. maybe look for the good things instead of just being sad about all the Swifties. Exactly. And I know some people... can be annoying, though. <laughs> they absolutely can. Which is why I'm, like, very clear to be like, I am not one of them. No. <laughs> I have all of her Taylor's version albums downloaded on my phone, yes. But I'm not, like, one of those, like, massive, like, Easter eggers. Oh, she painted her nails black, therefore reputation's gonna come out as well. Um, this and all of the... That's not even... I don't know. We I don't know what that this is. By talking about her nails. <laughs> <laughs> oh... But I think when you're a massive global icon, that kind of thing happens. It does. Um, but She has to be careful because so many people's eyes are on her. And any action she does will have consequences, unfortunately, for women around the world. And we, we shouldn't put a single woman, man, person, dog, whatever, in such a position of... Yeah. Worship. I, I mean, she's an actual idol for people, and that is yeah. concerning. And so you got to wonder where these young women are placing their treasure and placing their hearts. It's Absolutely. different to look up to someone versus trying to emulate everything they do. Yeah, or calling them our Lord and Savior, Taylor Swift. Like, there's we can do a divide. whole show about <laughs> idols. <laughs> And maybe someday we will, but let's take the next question. <laughs> um, so the question says, I'm such an introvert. How do I get out of my own way so I can date and get married? I relate to this. Deeply. Yeah. I was a major introvert. And then my husband tripped over me in a bookstore and it all changed. <laughs> so maybe sit on the floor in bookstores that that worked out for me. Um, I think one of the things that really helped me overcome my personal insecurities is just surrounding myself with women who build me up. I think having your girls around you can really help. And you want to have women around you who will speak honestly and truthfully with you, not building you up for false flattery, but helping draw out the things in you that you can be confident in. Not, do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, Absolutely. Like, helping you build confidence in the areas yeah. that actually matter. And once exactly. you have that confidence, introverted or not, you will have more confidence to go and speak to the opposite sex. I'm speaking from a female perspective, though. Yeah. Guys in the chat, tell us what you think about that. Um, I know that it was a girl that had asked that question, oh, but okay. still. Um I think it can be really helpful to not necessarily from a shallow perspective, but to pay attention to your dress and grooming because as much as it's important to focus on the person of the heart and who you truly are, there's no denying that a good hair day can make you feel like you're that girl. This is the thing. 100%. I used to dress in these giant baggy tie-dye shirts and like the baggiest jeans you ever saw. Um, because that's what was comfortable. And then I found clothes that I felt like I looked cute in, but were also comfortable. Yes. And it had that nice, gentle blend so I could feel good about the way that I looked, 
while also feeling comfortable. And I think going out and finding those things can be really helpful. I'm not saying go shop at Gucci or Nike or I'm sure these are these are not clothing stores. Um, <laughs> I, I get stuff at like Goodwill and Walmart and Ross, you know. Find Ross has a great sales there. section. Oh my like gosh. the pants I'm wearing right now, they're... They're velvet pants, so they very much feel kind of like pajama pants, but they're velvet and like they're super fancy looking. I love it. And like this cardigan is from Ross. This, I'm sure this tank top is from Walmart or something, but like go out and find the things that are comfortable. I get clothes shopping is like a nightmare. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, it's like, it's one of those things that if you're really insecure about your body, it really pulls, yeah. it, it pulls you down so hard. Um, I remember going shopping with friends growing up, like in our tweens. And there were like several girls who would always end up having like a full blown like meltdown with how badly all of these negative messages they had internalized about their bodies when I thought they were absolutely beautiful. And I get sometimes you know, the cuts of women's clothing, it's like, oh, I can't wear this because of insert negative reason. But guys' clothes are like, oh, I have too broad shoulders. Like, my muscles are too big. That's why the shirt's tight. Right. <laughs> so so maybe we figure out uh, a way to retrain our minds to, instead of focusing on the negatives, we focus on the positives. Like, I have a Colts jersey my dad got me, and I wanted to wear it for Jersey Day to school. But it's got no bust room. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm I'm just too busty for this shirt now. Exactly. And that's a better, like, that's a good reason versus right. like, yeah. And so focusing on, you know, also realizing who you are to God can be really, right. really helpful as well. Because when we understand that we're made in his image and we're inherently valuable and worthy and loved, and there's a reason God instated these things for our Bless, like as a blessing and that we're you know worthy of this especially when we're continuing to work towards having that relationship with Jesus first it can be really impactful in you know seeing ourselves more as God sees us and that's how the world may see us yeah I love that um to kind of like think about the clothes thing too mm-hmm. uh, this is why I say surround yourself with girls you trust um because if you go clothes shopping with a girl who's first of all going to be honest with you um, and will help you find things that she knows will look good on you. Mm-hmm. Because I know after I put on two things that don't work out, now nothing works out. Yeah. Even if it actually does, I suddenly have mm-hmm. mind blindness because I'm just so down in the dumps about myself. But if I go shopping with one of my best friends, she'll be like, no, no, forget those things. Try this on. I know it goes with your body shape. Let's, let's keep trying. Um, yeah. Because Friends who know you will know how to draw out the best in you. Exactly. And understanding your cuts and understanding your color palettes is really, Mm. really impactful. And having those girls around me was so helpful. And now now that I'm married, my husband is the one that actually picks out a lot of my clothes. And I'm like, I send pictures (laughs) to my husband all the time. Once you're married, then it doesn't matter. You just, do you like this? Cause he's the only one who matters at that point. Exactly. And if you both like it, then, you know, sometimes you get things on like final sale and they don't work out because they're not modest enough. And then you have the inside the house clothes and it works out. (laughs) But yeah. Um, So I think definitely that kind of thing can help you really gain confidence 
because at the end of the day, a lot speaking as an introvert, a lot of it when it comes to dating can really be about confidence and getting to that root issue can help you mm-hmm. step out and be more comfortable in your own skin. And also realizing that even if they won't admit it, guys are often nervous too. Guys are so nervous. Uh, guys are way more nervous than girls, I think. Um, I think we've built it up in our heads that we are the more nervous party. But that's simply not true. Yeah. If a guy is asking you out, he is putting everything on the line. And then for you to say no to him, you talk. You think going and tra- trying on clothes crushes your confidence? No, no. It doesn't compare to utter rejection, like out, outward rejection from the opposite sex. So give, give yourself some grace there. I know it can feel discouraging when guys aren't asking you out. Um, and I think part of that to build your confidence in that is to build your confidence in your personality too. Be yeah. someone who you like, who yeah. you would be friends with. If you're sitting around all day and just watching Gilmore Girls, like I used to do, like I love Gilmore Girls. I love <laughs> it. But you're not interesting. Them. You're I'm not sorry. You're, you're just not. You're Lorelai if you're lying in bed watching other love stories play out. Right. <laughs> and I know that's a hard thing to hear. And I don't mean to say it from like a cruel or uncompassionate thing. I, I want to take a Jordan Peterson approach to this. Clean your room, but of your spirit. Yes. Make your bed, read good books, consume interesting content, have original thoughts. Don't just doom scroll on TikTok. Be the type of person worth hanging out with, worth dating. I don't know. No, because that's so true. Because that way, when you do get in, like when you end up getting asked out, it's, and they're talking to you about your likes and your dislikes and all that first date kind of stuff. You're not going to be like, oh, well, one time I saw a TikTok and a duck died. Because like, what kind of first date conversation is that? Right. Rip to the poor duck I just invented. Sorry, your <laughs> husband is distracting me. <laughs> oh my god. I love the chat. I'm sorry. This, this comment from BA, it's the searching for a lady for however long, couple rejections here and there, and then you finally land a date with the girl. You're going to do everything you can to make sure you don't mess it up type of deal. That's that's hard. Uh, for guys, I can imagine that is very, very hard. Because finally you found someone who said yes to you. And you want to make sure you don't screw it up. But here's the thing. Um, a girl who's worth sticking around for and working hard for won't care if you say something wrong by accident yeah. or stumble over yourself. Uh, my husband and I had many, many tiffs while we were still dating and we worked our way through it. And now we've been married for almost 10 years. So the the person worth sticking around for will stick it out. I know it can be crushing to be alone. And I think the fear of being alone leads us to make bad choices in partners. Yeah. And I think too, that sometimes the, the very things that make guys so cute and endearing and charming and special and wonderful 
are the very things that they're like, oh, no, she's not going to like me for this. Like, my husband was so, like, he was a bit anxious, I think. You can tell me if this is true in the chat, Kai. But he was nervous about being too cheesy. Like, which is, like, one of the main reasons I fell in love with him. Like, that, the fact that he's really smart. We don't need to make a whole episode about this. There's a lot of reasons. (laughs) Before I go on, I'm like, a forever tangent. Um... But there was one time where I was like, oh my god, like you're so cute, you're making me belt. And he's like, oh, I'll go get a bucket to catch all your beauty. And I was just like, oh my god. But like, if you think, you know, about like, oh, she's not gonna like me if I'm too cheesy kind of thing. Like, that Let's response try it a is couple amazing. Times. If it exactly. Um, know your audience. Yeah. Uh, people's quirks are often so endearing. Absolutely, Hannah. Like, I love learning people's inner personalities that they don't show to the world. And I think a lot of times guys can be afraid to show those parts of them. Like they'll do the funny thing. They'll, they'll do the goofy bit, but they won't do the quirky bit. They won't show all of the little things that makes them uniquely them. And I get that comes from a place of being sensitive because probably they weren't looked upon finally in school when they showed their quirky sides. And that's one of the things I hate about school sometimes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I feel that. But there's a lot of things, especially, like, all of the little different endearing things about people in the chat that getting to know chat. them, they're so sweet. Like, I adore you guys. Like, truly, I do. Um that have been so wonderful and special and has attracted me as a friend of your guys, like of you guys. And I'm sure that they would just be equally or if not way more attractive to your special person. You just have to kind of step into it and embrace who you are because you're all someone worth knowing. Absolutely. What a great thing to say. I'm feeling special, okay? <laughs> I'm gonna blame the holiday when it's really my hormones, so let's move on. There we go. <laughs> um, what advice would you have for a man in his late 20s who women have said that I'm boring in the past? Oh, well, I feel like that goes to the answer to our last question. Don't be yeah. boring. <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm being facetious, but I'm also not. Like, may, it's hard to ask for, I mean, you wrote an article about feedback. How, how can somebody ask for feedback about that without losing self-confidence? Because if they know the things that made them boring, they can fix those things. Yeah. I think it, I think something that can be really hard is trying to do it when you're in the moment with the person who's rejecting you for that very reason. Yeah. But I think if you kind of explain the circumstances to like a dear friend and be like, here's what happened. Here's what they said. Here's what I said. Here's what the plan was. What about that is, you know, boring or what about that is, you know, whatever like feedback word that you're looking for and how can I step out of that? It can be really impactful because I know that, you know, even small surprises, like my husband does this thing where if well, actually, we both did when we were first dating and we were, God, we were so poor, <laughs> but like very, very young, very, very broke. Um, but if I was out and I'd gone like drove and past Taco Bell, I'd like pick them up a Baja Blast and it would be like a cute little surprise back before they sold it in cans like 10 years ago. But 
Love. You know, just even small little acts of love and surprising somebody can kind of like keep them on their toes and keep it interesting. And doing like spur of the moment plans. Like one of my favorite dates I had with Kyle cost like zero dollars. It was we both saw that the snow was coming down pretty heavily and we had lived really nearby. And so we went out in his car, got hot chocolate and then did donuts in a grocery store parking lot. I love that. Like easy peasy, relatively cheap, like, you know, just spur of the moment, like keep things light and fun and cute and interesting. I love that. Yeah. One of my um, favorite dating memories with Josh is, I don't know, we were just hanging out and he's like, you want, it was nighttime. He's like, I have an idea. Let's go somewhere. I'm like, okay. And we went to the park. It was like dark. I was like, why are we at the park? He's like, yeah, we're going to lay in the truck bed and just like watch the stars. And it was amazing. We, we didn't talk. We didn't like do anything. We just sat and looked at the big sky and got to see the glory of God's creation together. And I still remember that. It wasn't yeah. eventful. It wasn't exciting. We were just together and having a moment together. And it was special. So I th- think when people are labeled the moniker boring. It's not, it's probably not that you're boring. I think it could be two things. Either the person is seeking the TikTok romance, Mm -hmm. um, which which nobody can fulfill. All of those TikTok romances are staged. They're fake. Um, You really have to be careful and see, like, see how much time your uh, significant other is spending online. Yeah. And also not to knock online because obviously we're doing this online, but how much content of what specific sort you're absorbing. There was one thing that when I was a teenager, I was kind of better about. I had to only put like holy music on my iPad, on my iPod for a bit there. Um, Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Melodies, but holy music would basically be the, you know, um, equivalent of that. Um, because I was listening to love songs nonstop. I had all sorts of older friends and I just wanted my person and I wanted them right yeah. there, right then, at that exact moment. And had they fallen into my lap, then I would not be prepared. And also, I'm glad that they didn't know me when I was that like super cringe, massive dork. <laughs> because I mean, I mean, I still am that same girl, but like less cringe, <laughs> more cheese. I like that. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, the internet has given a lot of women, especially in the younger generations, a false impression about what love is. So did books when I was in the dating scene. So did TV. So understanding what the expectations are that they're going into a relationship with, I think, are really important. But also... Think about the things that you do with that person. Is there a lot of dead time when you're sitting together? Can you carry a conversation? Do you do the little surprising acts? Do you plan something or does she have to plan it all? There is nothing more infuriating for a girl who's dating than to be the one planning the dates. Yeah. And it's also an excellent moment to shine as somebody who's going to, you know, if the dating goes well, your ultimate goal is to become that person's husband. And when you're the husband, Mm -hmm. you're the leader of the family. So it's an excellent way to shine in a, you know, small ways here and there about what good, like how good of a leader are you? Yeah. 
what does that look like? What does your, you know, providing for her and protecting her in the early stages of dating and going throughout that relationship look like? I mean, I know that we were kind of, that even though we weren't, you know, Christians at the time, we were maybe at some places we could have been better off not being, but I felt so protected when there was, you know, an illegal substance that was brought out at a party and Kyle was like, oh, nope, we're heading out. And he didn't tell me until after the fact because I'd never been around something along those lines, but I was still like, oh, wow, he really looked out for me and he like took care of me. I love that. Yeah, I remember, I mean, Josh and I were dating in college, so we'd go off and hang out with our friends and he would always keep an eye on my drink or make sure if I got something, it wasn't provided by somebody else, you know, little things like that to know, to let your girl know that she's being shepherded well. Yeah. Modern women like to pretend they like these beta men who are not manly and don't hold the door open for them, but it's just not true. No. Uh, Women want manly men. Yes. Um, Yeah. Open the car door for her. Open the door when you go on, wherever you're going on your date. Hold the door for the old people behind you. It's yes. volumes. Oh my gosh. If you can show compassion towards other people around you, like helping an old lady with her groceries. Oh my gosh. She, she, will, she will swoon. Actually swoon. <laughs> yes. Nothing is more attractive than a man who does a good deed. Yes. I was obsessed with Kyle's relationship with his grandmother. I remember like the day I met her, I like put in so much effort. I wore like my fanciest lace dress that was like stunning. Mm -hmm. I broke out like my really fancy jacket. I was so nervous. I was like shaking. Like I like got, oh my God, I felt so stupid because I accidentally got, um, I didn't know she was diabetic. So I bought her like this beautiful box of chocolate and like this card. And then in the card, I wrote about the box of chocolate. So I didn't, I wasn't able to give her either because she's like super diabetic. But like, I, you know, made those steps to be like, I see you. I see what relationship you have. I see how you've helped turn him into such a good man. I appreciate that. And also the fact that like they're best friends. It's so cute. Although now like, God forbid anything should happen. <laughs> like, she's always been, I'm keeping her, so don't lose this one. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, I see the comment that being a trad male is the issue. You're dating too many lib women. Um, and you don't, you you don't want to marry that. No. <laughs> I'm Sweetie, sorry. You you can do better, I promise. You I can do promise. better. Um, try and I know it's cliche. Go go meet a nice girl at church. But there's a reason people say that. If your church is filled with older people, go to a different church. Or like make friends with the little old ladies and they will probably. Oh, they will set you up with their granddaughters so fast. Speaking of which, my husband in the chat says I stole his grandma. Darn you and I did. (laughs) oh buddy um the next question is is it true that you should be friends first i feel like i keep getting friend zoned friend zoned friend zoned friend zone thing is so weird to me it is it's not something i ever really understood typically when 
guys and especially when they're in the dating phase or of dating age mm -hmm. and they're not taken if you're going to be friends with the opposite sex it's looking towards getting to know them better so you can get the confidence to ask them out on a date yeah Fr friend zone i don't get that like if, if she's not dating anybody and you like her and you've gotten to know her as a person ask her out yeah i i wonder if because this can be complicated if has the woman specifically said, I only see you as a friend and you've already been rejected. If that happens, move on, try and make friends with new girls. Yeah. Um, if that hasn't happened and you're just interpreting the situation as being friend zone, you haven't been friend zone. Your, yeah. your own self-confidence is standing in your own way. She'll let you know. She'll, yeah. Yeah. And also in that friend zone aspect of things, like, even though you're looking for your forever person, women can be, you know, more than just that. Like, I have a lot of amazing guy friends. I've always, you know, had some really great guy friends because looking at them as a person instead of just what they can do for me in an area of my life that I'm mm -hmm. looking to fill, like I'm a recruiter or something, you know, like people have a lot of value in a lot of different ways. And even though they might not be your type or you might not be their type, you can still have a beneficial relationship that will get both of you closer to God, help you achieve goals, have lots of fun times. And if you are, you know, both looking for somebody, I get that that can, of course, cause tension. But also... It can be really great to get to know somebody because when you get to know them and you have that kind of comfort to like fall back on of like being their friend, you get to see all different sides of them that you might not be able to see when you're like immediately out the gate. Hi, I don't know your name, but can we date? Yeah, that's yeah. weird too. Um, I like what Hannah says. It can be heartbreaking when you think you found an amazing friend and they only cared for what you could offer them. There is nothing more grotesque in a relationship than transaction. Yes. If you're only in relationships for what you can get out of it, you need to reanalyze what you're doing with people because yeah. we are all created in the image of God. We are all loved by God. You are loved by God. Every single person on this earth is loved by God. You're so loved by God to too. treat other people like they are created in the image of God, like they are children of God and treat them like they are worth knowing. And don't, yeah. Yeah. And don't be bitter towards somebody if they don't want to date you. You're just literally reinforcing why they may not want to want to have date. Like you're reinforcing another reason for them to not want to have dated you. Whereas sometimes when you're in like that friend position and you're like missing each other or yeah. you're in that friend position and you're not ready for a relationship yet because of like where exactly you are internally in that moment, you can build a good relationship with a friend that can then build a like be like a foundation of rock when it comes to potentially pursuing a relationship with them in the future. Yeah. Like, I was really blessed to be friends with my husband first. 
And granted, that's because I was nervous and anxious and I knew that he was a life-changing man the moment I met him. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for all of that. And there was a whole lot of stuff. And I was kind of like working on escaping a cult and all sorts of details. (laughs) (laughs) But it's one of those things where it's like, because I got to know him from several different angles, I got to really see what an incredible human he was. And come September, we're going on 10 years. So I love that. It's not always the end. Sometimes it's the beginning. That's right. I, I think you might just be careful with the process because I think a lot of times people rush into relationships or trying to be in a relationship because they're tired of being lonely, which I get. Being lonely is painful. It is so, so painful. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't want you guys to feel lonely or be in pain which is why having friendships can help ease that. But also getting into a bad relationship that is going to end badly doesn't fix that loneliness. If anything, it makes that loneliness more tangible because now you've roped your friends into it. You've roped your family into it. And there's all this hurt feelings all the way around. So it's better to take your time and work your way into a solid foundation. Like you said, a foundation of rock rather than a foundation of sand. And it's also like, because at least when, you know, you're single, there's a lot of different things that you can do that you can't do when you're in a bad relationship. Mm-hmm. And it just expounds your heartache more. So being very intentional and using, um, what's that word? That Discernment. I was like, what's the thing I always pray for? That yeah. <laughs> Discernment. <laughs> Um, when it comes to relationships and individuals in your life is really important. How can I tell if a girl likes me romantically or if she just wants to be friends? She'll tell you. Ask her. Don't beat around the bush. Don't play games. Yeah. Be honest. And nobody got time for, ain't nobody got time for games. Yeah. I think sometimes Actually, no. I know, scientifically. And you can back me up on this if you think I'm actually being correct. Um, But that women and men both send out signals to the opposite sex that they're interested in, even potentially unknowingly. Mm -hmm. Like, a little touch of the arm, a little picking of lint, a little, you know. Oh my gosh, if she's got your hands all over you, it's over for you. She's head over heels. Um. If she's Would, texting you in the middle of the night asking you questions. Yeah. Also, if you guys are texting as friends, like planning to do something, if you're always the one texting her first, and I had this one guy friend growing up who I, it was so hard because I had to break this to him. I still remember standing on the pair with her like in the background, him going, do you think she likes me? Like the wind whipping all oh. around us going, bud, you're a great dude. But who's the one that always texts first? Who's the one that always keeps the conversation going? It's her. Sorry. It's me. That's kind of a big signal. Yeah. If she seems really disinterested in any conversation you guys are having, would you love me if I was the worst? I actually wrote an article about that. (laughs) I love that. But, well, I think, 
I will not go off on the worm tangent. If you want to know more about the worm comment, go read Frida's article on yes. American Daily Press. Oh, it actually was on my personal blog. Oh, okay. It was your personal blog. But there is a bunch of great writing by both of us that is in American Daily Press. So you should definitely check them out. Because I know I've read amazing articles by Jess there. Oh, yeah. Frida has so many good articles. You guys need to go check that out. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I the person in chat, I will send that article to you and I'll put it in Discord, which the link to Discord is in the description down below. So if you want to check that out. Um, so my next question is, my teen wants to start dating. They're mature, but not old enough to be married, obviously. How do I help them balance this? Oh, I see so much teen drama. I have borne witness to so much stupid teen drama. <laughs> so especially since the Sadie Hawkins dance was last weekend. Oh, goodness. No. Did, did they wear their khaki pants? No, but I I couldn't find any khaki pants. The theme was neon, so I wore a t-shirt that had the elemental symbol for neon. That's amazing. I'm a dork. I love that. That's so on brand for you in the best way possible. It is so on brand, right? Um, <laughs> um. If if your child is going to date, it needs to be like the most low-key friend group date ever. And it also depends on the age, right? Like if they're 14, 15, it should be all in groups, never by themselves. Yeah. That's Not breaking off or pairing off. Right. None of that. Um, like go to the movies with a group of six or something like that. Um, if they're leaning more towards 17, 18, dinner date, home by nine, no later than that, that sort of thing. Give them the space to learn how to grow in to that. But also, you want to teach them dating protocol long before they ever get to the dating phase. Yeah. Um, and if they're already a teenager and you haven't done dating protocol, emergency alert, you got to start doing dating protocol. If it's a guy, teach him how to open the door, teach him how to say hi to dad and be respectful. Say yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. All that sort of stuff. Um, if it's a girl, teach her about modesty. Yeah. What she wears is very important. The number of times I've had to talk to my girls about not wear rolling their freaking skirts. I'm going to turn blue. Give them a good reason for that. Not that yeah. it's just, oh, guys can't control themselves and they won't stop looking at you. Like, the guys aren't asking to have certain things happen just because they turned and looked at you. Help exactly. them out a little bit. Exactly. Showing respect for your fellow image bearers. Right. And also recognizing that you're a daughter of the Lord and therefore should adorn yourself as such. Right. A uh, temple should be dressed like a temple and not like a whorehouse. Um, yes. Even though with a lot of clothing trends, it can be so easy to fall into that. It can. The short skirt thing is just like unacceptable. <laughs> I can't deal with it. So just, just out of curiosity, a little side tangent, like how short are we talking? Like what's a good like? Like they bend over and I can see their Christmas. Ah. Okay. Like, yeah. as a teacher, I don't want that. Yeah. I don't need my ninth grade boys seeing that. Yeah, no. No. Like, bike shorts, girls, they're, like, super cheap. 
super easy. Just like, and I feel like the way bike shorts go up to like your like half like halfway up your thigh is like a perfect like length where if your bike shorts show underneath your freaking skirt, it's too short. Yep. <laughs> Plus that way you don't have to be like a jillion percent mindful of exactly how you're sitting so that you're like, because I remember when I used to dress immodestly, that was like the most annoying thing. Cause I always had to be like super careful about how I sat and oh, guess what? If I actually wasn't dressed immodestly, that wouldn't have been a problem. And by the way, no one's teaching these girls how to sit in their skirts with their knees off to the side and their legs kind of diagonal like you're supposed to. Show Wait. them the princess diaries. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, if you're going to wear a skirt that short, sit like a princess. Yes. Cross at the ankles, not at the knees. <laughs> but no, they over out here manspreading. I'm like, yeah. Oh. So dress appropriately. And then, of course, there's the whole talk about like, how you should behave, yeah. just generally speaking. And um, also about not pressuring one another to do things. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, if your child wants to date, know who it is. Yeah. Know who their parents are. You know, all of that. D- don't let them go off on a random date with some dude yeah. or girl. That can be dangerous. Super dangerous. Yeah. How so? The next question is: How soon is too soon to shoot my shot? A lot of these came in through uh, the NGL app. I love that. Shoot my shot. Like, what do you mean? Uh, like, I'll, I'll just give you an example. So, my husband tripped over me in a bookstore, and he, he like kicked me in the head. Um, <laughs> I I didn't know him from Adam. He's just some like an actual total stranger. Um, and he felt so bad about it. Uh, he asked if he could treat me to a coffee. We just started talking. Um, we exchanged numbers and then we just started texting and we were just texting as friends. But I think like three weeks after that, he asked me out on an official date. You don't have to wait long. If it feels right, shoot your shot. Yeah. You'll know. Also, be cognizant of what the different signs the girl is giving off as well. Like if she's treating you like a friend versus if she's like flirting with you versus if like she's I, I think sometimes guys don't know what flirting looks like what's the difference between f- friend girl and flirty girl that's a good question i think i feel like a, each girl has their own unique way of like flirting which can make it tricky for for poor guys out there I am so sorry for you guys. Like, I, I really feel for guys on the dating scene. I yeah. I just, I can't imagine. Girls are just, like, waiting for a guy to ask them out. Guys have to do all the heavy lifting here. And yeah. I'm sorry about that. Think about your jokes. Are they really that funny? Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to come at you. I'm for not real, trying though, to come at you. Are they really that funny? It, does she need to laugh that hard? Yeah. Is she looking at your feet because she's trying to see exactly where they're pointed because she read that one stupid Cosmo article (laughs) about that scientific study? Is she, like, finding little ways to, like, be in your space? Like, coming close to you? Yeah. Or is she on her phone a lot and not making eye contact and you're trying to have a conversation and she goes, yeah, cool. Yeah. 
if you're texting, are you constantly the one initiating the conversations and initiating the plans and things like that? Or is she giving you something to work with? Is she even communicative about not being communicative? Like, oh, hey, I have to put my phone down and I have to go like do X, Y, and Z. Like, I'll talk to you later kind of thing. Versus just ghosting like mid conversation and then like getting back to you like, you know. So... Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you so much, Hannah. I feel vindicated. We're <laughs> <laughs> bringing the thing about the feet. Is she also, is she also like giving you like small little gifts or being like, oh, hey, I thought of you about like XYZ. Like she's finding yeah. reasons to, you know. To, to be around you and to hang out with you. Does she want, it, has she taken an interest in the things that you're interested in? Have you taken an interest in the thing she's interested in? That is such a huge thing for guys and girls. I still remember going antiquing and finding a stormtrooper from the 80s action figure Mm -hmm. from like their initial Star Wars release and giving it to a guy who I had a crush on at the time because I had like a crush on this guy for like a long time. Um, And being like, this is going to change everything. It's going to change everything. That's so sweet. <laughs> he was like Matt. He was like an absolute Star Wars fan. Aw, but see, you took an interest in the things he was interested in. Exactly. I even, I think I even tried to learn how to speak Star Wars. Like, like there was like a language. That's <laughs> like, if a girl's invested, you'll be able to figure it out. Yeah, you especially will. if and, she's. And when you figure cringe. it out, shoot your shot. Like yes. you can tell she's giving you the little signs. Don't wait. You wait too long. You wait for the courage too long. She will move on. Yeah. What if she's from the rebels and I'm from the empire? I think you understand that more than I do. I don't. No. no. Star Wars Star- is not no. Oh, I thought you were a Star Wars person. I don't know why. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's because I'm a science person and people equate science and Star Wars because it's science fiction. I could, I cannot possibly care about Star Wars. I, I literally could not care less. I read half of one of the books. I've seen every movie. They have because books. my husband is a Star Wars nerd, yes. Oh. Sorry, a Star Wars enthusiast. I see. <laughs> I know um, they have lightsabers. I th- I think that basically he's describing a Romeo and Juliet situation. Like if one is from the Capulets and the other is from the whichever. Oh, well, is. then that's uh, romance doom because you're going to poison each other and die. Yeah. Sorry, bud. <laughs> the next question is, I'm such an awkward dude. How do I flirt? How do I flirt? How do you teach someone to flirt? Um, be a conversationalist. Yes. I, I think that really is the thing. Like, just know yeah. how to carry a conversation. Open-ended questions are huge. Because that people love to talk about themselves, for the most part. Mm-hmm. So getting her talking about herself and then kind of pulling at the different little threads of what she's interested in, what's going on in her day. And try not to ask the same canned questions like the, you know, what do you do for work? Like, or I mean, how start there. Like yeah, if you're start- on a blind date or you don't know this person at all, you start there. But once you have information to work from, yeah, then you start asking more interesting questions. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. 
And also if they have like, look at what they're wearing too, because sometimes that can be a really good indicator. And if you notice that they're good at something outside of, you know, their looks, like find a way to compliment them on it because for compliments, a lot of girls really appreciate being complimented on different skills they have or different things that they're doing or that, you know, you like her for her mind, not just for her face. It's really helpful. Though, uh, hey, that blouse is cute. Does not yeah. Either. Or. Don't say yeah. weird shit in a conversation. <laughs> it, I mean... That's very nuanced. Yeah, that that is nuanced because we like a good quirky conversation. Yeah, because with the right person, that could lead down some fun rabbit trails. But exactly. you got to read the room. I think it's just like learning to develop social skills. Yeah, be weird, yeah. but don't say weird stuff. Yeah, especially on first contact. <laughs> just be you. Like, don't worry so much. Yeah. Treat them like you're you treat a friend that you're getting to know. And if you can, you know, sprinkle in a joke or a compliment in there, or you know, make some eye contact or you know, be cute about it, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, I think if you're overthinking it and just like dwelling and dwelling, like I'm gonna mess this up, and you're just second guessing yourself, you are gonna mess it up because you're scared. And I think this yeah. goes back to the confidence thing. If you have confidence, it'll all flow naturally. Exactly. And also a lot of people like ask one thing that can be super, super helpful is asking your female friends about some of your like about what qualities they appreciate about you, Mm -hmm. because that way you can kind of stand in your skills with a bit more confidence, knowing that they find certain things you do charming. Yeah. Even if like they're, you know, there's nothing there, even if you're like their brother women can still find different things that guys do like charming or adorable or like non you know platonic that's the word i'm looking for right what the heck kyle stop it stop it (laughs) (laughs) oh why did i read face i read face face too (laughs) i read face too i was like whoa frida and kyle are just some weird stuff Okay, so I feel like because he's acting out in chat, I need to provide context. So Kyle said, "Shit on her, not shit on her face. Shit on her." The I mean, first that's time still not that much better worked for me. But I think if you're one of those sarcastic guys, this can actually work really well to your favor. Where oh, so he didn't like have an accident. He was just like roasting you. Yes, he got it. He said that I stole his job because he was picking up kids from a daycare, like family friends that um he used to take care of after school or like after, mm-hmm. you know, camp in the summers. And so he's like, oh, look at you. You stole my job. And then he found out where I was born. And he's like, oh, you an immigrant. You really stole my job. Dang. Well, um, to be fair, I accused Josh of stealing my wallet on our second date because I lost it. <laughs> Why is it that all trust goes out the window the moment we lose something? It's like, I oh, the remote, know. you're sitting on it. Get up, you're sitting on it. <laughs> oh. I don't know why I read face. That really threw me off. Um, anyway. That, that was, I also read face. I don't know. <laughs> like, I promise I'm a good little girl. I'm like a good little noodle. I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh. 
why does virginity seem like it's more important for girls to be virgins than guys? Because <laughs> girls are the ones who can get pregnant. Guys aren't. I mean, I think that's why. Um, there is a lot of purity culture surrounding women. Um, and there is so much to say about purity culture. So much of it is horrible and outdated. So much of it we have lost and could use just a little dose of again. Yeah. Um, but I think just to get to the root of the question is that girls can get pregnant and guys can't. Yeah. I know the left doesn't like to hear that. And I think there's also specific, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's also like specific STD things that girls can catch or are more um, vulnerable to than guys. Yeah. But so I, that sort of cleanliness factor yeah. is a lot more important for women. But I also think that's, it's really important when we're talking, you know, specifically about like scriptural dating and marriage and things like that, that, you know, you're not entirely doomed if you're both not virgins on your wedding night. But the reason why God calls us, calls his people to that higher standard mm -hmm. is because it's for our protection. And it's also because of soul ties that happen when you're that intimate with like more than one person. Right. Where it can, can somewhat lessen the intimacy that is there. I think that's really important because women by nature are more emotional creatures. I mean, that's yeah. just how we're wired. That's how we're built. That's so we can be caretakers. Um, and we sense that soul tie more deeply when we're with someone than guys do. That's not to say they don't feel it. They feel it, but they process it differently. It ends up building up as anger and resentment rather than brokenness and self-hatred because we women tend to hate ourselves rather than other people, neither yeah. of which is healthy, but that's just how it goes. And I think that's part of where that purity culture comes from to protect women from that feeling. Whereas guys don't understand why they're feeling that sad when they go around and sleep around with a bunch of women. Yeah. Um, they just end up with a lot of pent up anger and rage that they don't know why. Exactly. <laughs> chastity belts for sale here. Get your chastity belts here. Love. <laughs> um, moving on to the next question. I used to do OnlyFans, but I turned my life around and came to Christ. But I don't feel like I deserve a good Christian man because of my past. How do I fix this? I can't change the past. First off, I want to say a massive, you know, congratulations for leaving that life behind because I know, you know, how, like, I can only imagine how hard that must have been for you. Yeah. So kudos. Absolutely. Um, I'm glad that you're here and I'm proud of you. As far as feeling like you don't deserve a good Christian man because of your past and how can you fix it? Um we are a new creation in Christ. That person you were is dead and gone. You are reborn as a new person in Christ. It doesn't change the past, no. But it does for you to move on from it. I think being transparent with a guy about that past and how it was before you came to Christ and how Christ saved you out of that especially if it, he's a good Christian man, yeah. 
will see that story in himself too. Maybe not in the same way, but we've all been saved from some sin, a sin that was overpowering and shattering to us. And if anyone can love a person after they've come out of sin, they can love you too. Yeah. Amen. Realizing that you're not your past actions, but since you've been washed clean, you are that new creation and that you're like... First of all, look what you're capable with with Jesus. Yeah. He helped you. He provided for you. He saved you out of that. And so it's what you do for like moving forward that matters. And it might very well mean some, you know, pretty tricky conversations down the road, but that doesn't mean that it's impossible. It, And as far as deserving a good Christian man, look how far you came. You're Jesus's now. You don't belong to the world. You don't belong to, you know, OnlyFans. You don't belong to any of that. You belong to Christ. And he, with his divine mercy, will help you keep moving forward every day. Yeah. I love that. So the next question is, when DMing a woman that I'm interested in for the first time, what do I even say? Be friends with her first. Say hi. Yeah, don't automatically have the DM that she's opening up from you, especially if like, especially if you guys aren't mutuals. So it's like her first point of contact. First but of like, all, do you know her IRL? If you yeah. don't know her IRL, you're not going to date her. Just don't. Okay. Yeah. Don't, don't try the long distance thing, especially if you're in different states. It, it's no, be friends with her first, get yeah. to know her. Um, just be friends. And I think that can also, with the rise of online long distance relationships cropping up in a lot of communities, it can be really tricky if you build out this like six month relationship. And then after that, you meet her because there's so much that's, mm-hmm. you know, an in-person thing. Like if, you know, you're with her and you guys like feel that, like that spark, that chemistry can, you know, come a little bit through messaging and everything and like building up that relationship but a lot of it can also be like pheromones like you know and so that part of our nature can be really hard if we're trying to do that so you know we're physical beings we're meant to be in physical relationships you're not gonna find the person you're meant to be with by just staying away from them every second of every day. That's not to say long distance relationships can't work out. I mean, my husband and I lived an hour apart. That's far apart. I only got to see him on the weekends. So you don't have to be like neighbors, but you do have to be able to see each other on some sort of regular basis to be able to develop a real relationship. Yeah. Um, And if you're not at that point, you can at least start out by being friends and getting to know each other that way, if it feels like, hey, this could really go somewhere, you could position yourself to be closer. Yeah. And that's really helpful. And also making sure that, like, if you are doing a long distance thing, you're prioritizing them. Mm-hmm. Because I remember how I, in order to spend Sunday nights with Kyle, when we were in our little long distance patch, that we'd end up, um, what's it called? That I'd end up staying um until like early Monday morning and then driving back 
because I like wanted every single moment I could squeeze out of spending time with him. Whereas in how that affected our relationship versus how I once um, was friends with this couple, they're no longer a couple. It lasted about a year, but he was constantly, you know, fiscally prioritizing other things. So he wouldn't have the money to drive down to see her and how that affected their relationship in turn. And so when it comes to, you know, sending that first DM, first off, be really, um, be real with yourself about what you're hoping to achieve from that first communication. Right. Like, even with friends, like, there are, you know, people who I have mutuals with online that I'm, like, very careful about, like, our first point of contact because I want to have that good impression of them and them of me and, you know, stuff like that. Especially because half the time I use rules, I'm like, oh my god, they're mutuals with me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so being very focused about that and building out that friendship first is super important. Love it. I also like what BA says, people create personalities online most of the time that do not mirror themselves in real life. Back check true. Back check yeah. true. There's comfort behind the keyboard. And that can also create such a um, cognitive dissonance when you're getting, like, when you, like, have that kind of, like, her social with them and then you get to, like, meet them for, like, who they are and they're not the personality that they, like, you know. So that's really um, a thing, too. Um, what's your best advice to get over a crush? Oh, crushes are tough. Um, hang out with your friends, do something else, try and remember that your life is not about them. Uh, kind of analyze, did you make them an idol in your life? Were they replacing the importance of your relationship with God? And if they were, try and get that right. Because I found if uh, your relationship with God is good, all the disappointments in life start to feel smaller. Doesn't mean they don't hurt, but they feel manageable. Yeah. And also, you know, pouring into that relationship with God, then, you know, focusing more on your hobbies and other things to kind of distract you while you get over that bit of a speed bump there mm -hmm. can be really helpful. And also trying not to have a crush on somebody for too long without either yes I don't want to say like acting on it but like if it's about like if you're both single and you shoot your shot right and then they don't then you're able to the, kind of like speed bump on. it and like move on versus if you're you know having this whole like pining for them and then it gets into your bones it, it can be so much worse because right, because now you're lusting too yeah and that makes it really that much more difficult especially as you're building up this huge idea of who they are in their head when you're not dating them so you're not actually seeing them for who they truly are yeah. oh yeah such a good point um how do you become content in singleness? I find myself in constant thought about relationships, fulfillment of love languages, and so on. It's become an idol, and I don't know how to change my thought process on that. What do you hope to get out of 
a relationship? Like, do you want a relationship because everybody else has one and you feel like that's what you, you're supposed to do? Um, do you want a relationship because you feel like that's what God has called you to? Um, or are you just having like FOMO? Because I think when we analyze why we want something, it often reveals to us we want it because other people have it and we don't. Um, and that's not a healthy way to approach it. If it's the loneliness aspect, try and surround yourself with friends and community. Uh, if you're called to a life of singleness, embrace that singleness and use it for God's purpose. Because there's so much more that single people can do for the mission of God that are just walled off to married people. Yeah. Um, I often think of missionaries and mission work, like actually in other countries or like even in your own community, like dangerous mission work um, that would be too risky for a married couple who are likely to have children. Um, mm -hmm. That's something you can do if you're called to singleness. Like think about those things that you, that only you can do as someone who is single for the kingdom. Yeah. The Apostle Paul was an amazing example of this. Mm -hmm. What are some criteria that you believe are important for singles to look for in a potential romantic interest? Do they have a good relationship with God? Number one. Yeah. Everything else falls from there. Because it'll answer the values question for you. It'll answer the characteristic mm -hmm. question for you. If they're, you know, Christ-like, it'll answer, you know, for the most part, how a lot of, like, warning flags and red flags and things like that. Yeah. It'll really, like filter a lot of the heartache and a lot of the, you know, not such great characteristics and stuff out if you are really able to see that first and foremost. And is it a true relationship or is it a, well, they go to church and well, they have small group, but they don't ask you, how is your relationship with God doing? They don't ask if they can pray over you. They don't, um, you know, you see the aspect but you don't actually see the depth yeah some some kind of green flags that can be really helpful to this are you know if you can if you express concern about something that's bothering you mm -hmm. how do they take that how do, do they automatically you know break out the bible do they talk to you about scripture do they go to god with it do they pray with you do if there's something going on in your personal life that you're unsure about and you're going to them for guidance, are they encouraging you to do the thing that will serve Jesus the most? Mm -hmm. Or have they talked about, you know, how different things like that, just like Jess said. Yeah. One of the questions is, how do you deal with your partner having the worst taste in music? You suck it up. <laughs> I, I wish I could like Josh's music. I've uh, what what we've done is find common ground. Uh, yeah. He's found certain songs in his genre that I'll listen to and kind of enjoy. I found certain songs that he'll do the same, and the songs that are just grating, you hit skip and you listen to it when you're by yourself. 
Yeah. Kyle has a playlist of songs that we both enjoy that has been really helpful for like our heads and stuff mm-hmm. or passing me the ox and letting me DJ. Make Not just the road trip playlist. Yes. Being, you know, very cognizant about what kind of music both of you like. Because thankfully, Kyle has a good taste in music. Thankfully, I don't have the worst taste in music, according to him. <laughs> Doesn't like some of my, like, early 2000s emo Jack American. <laughs> I'm a reformed metalhead. Josh likes EDM. We could not be more incompatible when it comes to music. <laughs> Kyle is a country and rock man through and through. <laughs> oh... Um, so we have a couple more questions, but let's wrap it up here. What does it mean to be equally yoked? Oh, I feel like I'm still figuring that out. I I think you'll uh, work through that throughout your whole marriage. I think it, part of it is making sure you're both relying on Christ uh, and you're sharing the burdens together. And I'm not talking about chores. I'm talking about the things that matter. Um, do you carry each other's griefs? Do you celebrate in each other's joys? Uh, are, is your person the person you can rely on the most to be with you when life gets hard? Yeah. Um, when it comes to knowing exactly where you're at spiritually, because I know the Bible, you know, talks about not becoming spiritually yoked with, you know, unbelievers. Um, And I think that's pulling from that scripture there. Mm -hmm. I think it can be kind of tricky a little bit when you're like, as you're going forward throughout your relationship, because sometimes one will be the more spiritually strong one and sometimes the other will, but consistently encouraging each other and praying with one another can yeah. also be really, really helpful with that. Um, and what was your favorite thing about, what's your favorite thing about your husband? He makes me laugh. He does actually tell funny jokes, but don't tell him. Okay. I won't. I hope, I hope he'll eat his head won't fit out the front door anymore can we get some pinky swears on the chat guys (laughs) (laughs) i think my favorite thing about kyle it's a really hard one um Uh, that's why i just had to pick one because like it's yeah he's the most loving and humble person i've ever had the pleasure of knowing And he has a lot of things to not be humble about, so it's very refreshing. <laughs> um, and how did and the last question is, how did you know your husband was the one? Ah, I don't know. I feel like it was a slowly and then all at once type thing. Uh, I know that we were, I don't know, we were like six or seven months dating. Um, and it was like Christmas time. And we went to my old college town together, which gets really done up for Christmas. And we were going on just like a walking date because, you know, we were in college and poor and we're we're just going to look at the lights. And it was like the most cozy thing ever. And he said something to the effect of like, I want to come and do this every year. And that was the first time I had any inkling that this was going to last a long time. Um, 
And I was like, oh, yeah, me too. And he's like, and he, I remember him squeezing my hand. And he said, every year. I was like, oh. I love that. It was slowly and all at once for me too, because I, growing up, there was this guy that I had a big crush on. It's the cringiest, most, you know, warning sign thing. But I noticed that the moment I met Kyle, I didn't think about that guy ever again. After What having- was that guy's name? <laughs> yeah. So that was one of the like, green flags for me and then I knew on our first date that it was it was going to be something for a long long time because when I finally knew that he was the man that I was going to marry and be with for the rest of my life by then I had left my entire society and everything I'd ever known behind for him because it came down to either being a pioneering Jehovah's Witness who wrote for the Awake magazine and not having Kyle and having all of the other, you know, Jehovah's Witness glory things. Right. Or losing my home, losing all of the friends I'd ever known, losing everything and having Kyle. And I realized that I would rather lose everything and have Kyle than have everything. I'm going to cry. That's so sweet. So that's that's when I knew. I knew it was worth flipping my entire life upside down for. And then I was able to get it truly right side up again with him. So um yeah, thank you all so much for your amazing questions. I really enjoyed doing this and I think this thank might you. be a fun thing to do every once in a while. Yeah. But um, would you like to say a prayer to head us out? Yeah. All right. Dear God, thank you so much for this time and for this day, Lord. Thank you so much for Frida, for everything she means to me, and for this time we got to spend together talking about you and what it means to build a relationship and a marriage and a life that is founded on you, God. I pray that our words would reach our listeners. I pray that those who need to hear the things that we've spoken about tonight would hear it. And I pray that you would just touch every life of those in our chat and those who are listening, Lord. I pray that you would heal the loneliness, the hurt, and the brokenness, Lord. I pray that you'd lift each and every one of them up so they can know the purpose that you have for their lives. Guide them on their way, Lord, and guide each and every one of us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that beautiful prayer. Um, so just so everybody knows, Saturday evening at 7 p.m., we're going to be gathering in Discord to watch Father Stew, which is Mark Wahlberg's, one of his latest movies, which I'm super, super excited about. Um, I'll be putting the trailer in the chat because I know we're a little bit short on time here because... Um, but I really hope you guys can join us. It's going to be so much fun. We're going to be having a little movie night, and hopefully you'll be able to make it as well. Um, it's a If you're looking for something like fun and like inexpensive to do with your spouse this weekend, this is awesome. If you're single and need some fellowship, because Valentine's Day can be really, really hard, even when you're lo- you know knowing how loved up you are. Regardless of what season you're in, 
please make it Saturday at 7 p.m. The link is in the Discord. The link to Discord is in the description below. Also, Jess, I would like you to mention your things. Oh, yeah. So we've been talking about Love All Night. Um, and I have a campaign going on right now called Called to Love. My husband and I are working on the adoption process, um, which you guys may have heard is extremely expensive um, between the legal fees, agency fees, uh, and all of the things that go into it. It is very, very expensive. Um, and so we have two different campaigns, our t-shirt campaign, where you can get a t-shirt with a cactus that Frida designed and um, the Bible verse that we love because he first loved us. Um, that is a reminder that not only are we adopting because he called us to love the widows and the orphans, but we are to love all of God's people because we are all created in the image of God and because he first loved us. We are also working with a local company called Threadbed. Um, uh, our social worker introduced us to them. They also previously adopted and they were so motivated to help other adopting families that they are putting their mission into their work. And so you can go to threadbed.com and use code HOMES at checkout to That's help us get 50% of the proceeds towards our adoption. Again, for audio listeners, that is threadbed, T-H-R-E-D, bed.com, using code HOMES, H-O-L-M-E-S. Like Sherlock. Yes. Which would explain why you're so brilliant. Oh, thanks. It's a very name. It's not like I know, name. I know. <laughs> oh. Um, but yeah. So please thank you so much, all who have supported that so far. Please continue supporting this amazing, amazing family because I know they're both going to be amazing parents. And Jess has been an absolute mentor to me so much in my life. And I'm so grateful for her. So oh, please so continue great. spreading that love. And stay based and stay blessed. Love you guys. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, kindly do me a favor and leave me a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. My podcast is available wherever you can listen. And it's also available live on Rumble on Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern. I hope you can join us in whatever format works best for you. Please tell somebody that you care about about this episode so that I can spread my work and encourage more people. And remember, stay based and stay blessed.